L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, presented by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care providers of the Charlotte Hornets. Rob Longo with you today after Charlotte's 115-105 loss in Atlanta last night. Yes, it is sadly a silver linings edition of the HHC, something that we, quite frankly, haven't had in a while. But we'll break this one down, hand out our silver linings, and get to some notable performances in green. Greensboro last night as we look at the silver linings for the Swarm as well. Baseline to baseline coverage of the Hornets, as I like to say, and today I am joined by the radio voice of the Hornets, Sam Farber. Sam, thank you for joining me on the road today for this edition of the HHC. I know we've had you in the guest chair once already this season when we were out in LA. Does it feel any less awkward the second time around? (laughs) No, it is always good to be with you. Normally, you're right, the roles are reversed. Um, but no, good to uh, have some of the pressure of hosting relief from my shoulders and placed in your very capable hand. That's a good way to put it. We'll leave it at that. Let's begin with taking a look at last night's game because it was kind of an odd one. Neither team shot well from beyond the arc in the first quarter as the teams went a combined two for 19 from three-point land. Atlanta led it 25-21 to after 12 minutes of play as the Hornets tried to erase a 10-point deficit early. Charlotte seemed well on its way to doing that as the Hornets got it to within one early in the second quarter thanks to a 15-6 to run punctuated by Kelly Uber. Oubre will calmly bring it up the floor. Behind the back dribble, now fires his way into the lake, goes up and throws down a Dr. Pepper dunk, and that was the full two liters. The Hornets got into some foul trouble in the second quarter as well. Jalen McDaniels got hit with his fourth foul with under three minutes to play and a half, while Miles Bridges picked up his third foul on the ensuing possession. Charlotte trailed 60-48 to going into the locker room. From there, the Hornets just could not chip away. Charlotte still trailed by 12 going into the fourth frame, and it seemed that every time the Hornets would come up with a big basket or cut into that deficit at some point, the Hawks would counter with a basket or two of their own. It ended up being a 10-point loss, Sam, but there are some statistics that were 
were definitely in favor of the Hornets. So I will begin with you, of course, because you are the guest of honor today. What stood out to you most? Well, just that the Hornets didn't shoot the ball well at all. And some nights that's going to happen, particularly when you're on night two of a back-to-back. I think this Hornets team is one of the best shooting teams in the NBA. You've got really unselfish players, really high-quality shooters from LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward all the way through the roster to the reserves. I like Cody Martin and Jalen McDaniels who are having really strong seasons. But just collectively, they didn't shoot it well. They had every opportunity to. They dominated the glass, had, a, I think, two dozen second-chance points opportunities, and it just was not their night. And I think sometimes the back-to-back aspect of that can play a role. I think generally speaking, when you look at a team that is coming in on a back-to-back and the opponent has not had just one day but two days' worth of rest and has been waiting at home for them, that's going to be a very tough set of circumstances. doesn't always mean it's a loss, but it means the deck is stacked against you. These kinds of things can happen. Sam, you mentioned the back-to-back a couple of times there. James Borrego was asked about that in yesterday's post-game availability. Here's what he had to say on the matter. I'll, you know, I'll have to go back and look. I, I thought the mentality was right tonight, though. I thought we, we continue to try to play the right way. We fought. There might have been some heavy legs out there. I don't want to give that as an excuse, but we had some good looks, especially in the first half, that, you know, if they go down, it's a different game. But we never gave in. So, yeah, the, the challenge was there mentally tonight to fight through the back-to-back and, you know, come into a, a tough place to play. But I'm proud of their, their, their effort and their mentality tonight. For me, Sam, the thing that stood out to me was the second chance points. You mentioned it a little bit. The Hornets had 21 offensive boards that resulted in 24 second chance points. But yeah, they did not just shoot the ball very well. But at the same time, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing that they got all of those second chance points because that means that the Hornets missed a lot of shots. And they did. When you take a look at the box score at the end of last night's game, the Hornets just did not shoot very well. They shot 25% from beyond the arc, 10 of 40, if you want to look at it that way. Percentage wise, from the field they shot 42 percent which is not bad but when you take a look at how the field goal attempts shook out and James Borrego mentioned this in his post game press conference as well the Hornets put up 20 more shots than Atlanta Atlanta went 43 of 82 from the floor while the Hornets went 43 for 102 so they still made the same things but then at the same time the free throw shooting definitely made a difference Atlanta got to the line 21 times converting on 17 while the Hornets got there just 15 times converting on nine so when it's all said and done there's your 10 points right there it wasn't really the turnovers, which is something that we've seen be a factor from time to time. It wasn't the points in the paint. The Hornets, in fact, were better in the points in the paint category as well. It just came down to Charlotte was just not making shots. So to me, I know it's not an excuse, but, you know, second night of a back-to-back, you chuck up a couple of threes, the legs definitely have to be a little tired. And, you know, it seemed like the Hornets were definitely leaving a couple of shots short out there as well. Every team in the league has stretches like this, and the NBA works very hard to try and minimize any advantages or disadvantages when you look over the totality of the season. But there's just no way to schedule 30 teams to play 82 games in a five-and-a-half or six-month span without occasionally having a team have to play a back-to-back while the other one's been lying in wait. All the things that become a part of an NBA season, and you're, you're working your way through it. And we've said several times here on the Hornets Hivecast, the schedule is going to turn. The team is going to be in a much more home-heavy much more rest day filled part of the calendar once we get to 2022 and the Hornets have shown what they can do at home they've shown what they can do with a little bit of rest and relaxation to get ready for their next game I think things are going to be very much in the Hornets favor and quite frankly I I like the way that Charlotte fought in this one I think there's a lot more positives to take away from this than negatives Charlotte's ahead in the standings overall 
tough loss to take. You gave yourselves a chance. Time to move on to the next one. The home court advantage has definitely seemed to be a little bit more of an advantage this season, albeit capacity limits lifted off of home arenas, fans getting back into the building, travel schedules, whatever you might deem it as, but home court advantage definitely seems to be a bigger factor this season. Teams with just much better home records this year than we saw even last year as well, where games are almost a 50-50 just based on where the matchup was as well. Hornets fall 115 to one 105 in Atlanta last night. Off day today for Charlotte. Team is flying to Washington to take on the Wizards tomorrow. Myself and Sam Purley will get you set for that one on tomorrow's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, but plenty to get to here in today's edition of the HHC. Plenty of positive takeaways, like Sam mentioned, and we will get to those next in our Silver Lining segment here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. I'm not anti-aging. I'm pro-looking my best. Getting cosmetic surgery at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates has me looking young again and filled with the confidence I need to take on the day. From Botox to rhinoplasty to facelifts, Senta offers facial plastic surgery from specially trained eye and ENT doctors who are familiar with how all parts of the face work. Feel like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Rob Longo and Sam Farber with you on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast after Charlotte falls 115-105 to in Atlanta last night. Second night of a back-to-back. The Hawks were off since Wednesday, sitting at home, waiting for the Hornets. So, obviously, you don't want to chalk it up to a schedule loss, but it is what it is at that point. But plenty of great performances last night. Miles Bridges with a career-high 35 points, LaMelo Ball with another triple-double. Those are just some of the highlights. And with that said, I will give way to Sam Farber, since he is the guest today, to give me his full silver lining. Yeah, my silver lining for this one's going to be Miles Bridges. Miles had a tremendous game attacking the basket. He had 35 points, and he did it on a night where his three-point shot really wasn't working to the degree that we've grown accustomed to seeing. Now, Miles Bridges is not shooting the three as well as he did last year when he primarily came off the bench and he was a 40% three-point shooter. But for the most part, he's slightly above 30%. uh, So, you know, he was 34% roughly going into last night's game. That's going to go down a little bit. But, you know, two for nine from three, he was 13 of 19 from inside the three-point arc and just a few devastating dunks out there. He also had a double-double with 10 rebounds. I like the way he's playing. He's in attack mode. He's unselfish enough in certain games to recognize that Gordon Hayward's hot or he has better matchups or LaMelo Ball or Terry Rozier has a better lane or whatever it might be. He's a very unselfish player, and that's important. But he also has a good recognition for when he's on, and he was last night. Not in every aspect of his game, but in terms of his driving and his finishing, it was all right there. And he took advantage of it, career-high 35 points. Not quite enough uh, support from the rest of the team, um, but still a great, great night for Miles Bridges. Ball driving, lobbing, Bridges with a right-handed shiver. Oh, my goodness, what a dunk. Miles Bridges takes the alley-oop, the Airbnb combo back in action in Atlanta. And Bridges slamming home a Dr. Pepper dunk. Miles Bridges, by the way, the fifth player in franchise history with five 30-point games through the team's first 20 of a season, and he is the fastest to get there in 18 games as well. That's special thank you to Michael Martinez and the rest of the Hornets PR staff for providing that stat to me. But, Sam, 
before I get to my silver linings, I know we've had this conversation in segments, I guess you could say, over the course of the season so far, but what did we expect from Miles Bridges coming into this season? Because the conversation around Miles was very different at the end of last year. Yeah, he came off the bench and we saw what he was capable of doing so in the absence of Gordon Hayward, playing maybe a little bit of a different position, getting more touches, getting more chances offensively, and it resulted in a couple of 30-point games last season. But this year, it just seems like he's really taken a leap, and a lot of people, at least nationally, did not expect this. There were even some conversations last season where it was to the point that, yeah, Miles Bridges has been phenomenal filling in this starting role, but is this a guy that you maybe bring off the bench a little bit? And obviously that has not been the case this season, and so far that's been the right call. Well, in terms of expectations, I, you know, I don't know that I expected this. I don't know that anyone could say they expected this. We had heard things from the uh, Olympic training camp that he was a part of and had an assumption that he would take a step going back into the starting lineup, which we, we all thought there was a, a good shot that would occur. So he was going to get more usage, thought his efficiency would probably stay around where it was, and he would just grow. What's odd, I guess, is that his shooting percentages are actually down from last year, but he's so explosive and just been so consistent out there that it's worth that you know slight drop in efficiency compared to last year where he was just off the charts because you're getting so much more out of him in every aspect of the game. But to say that we expected him to average 22 points per game, no, I don't know that we were looking at that jump, but clearly we knew he was capable of doing it You know, on a, a night-to-night basis, being a 15 to 20-point score. I think that was certainly something that was hoped for, but this is a whole new level. And, and it really accelerates the team's timeline, which is the most important thing here for this team to be at its best they need someone who can consistently chip in these kinds of nights and to have that many 30-point games in such a small time span that indicates it's for real there is nothing temporary about this miles bridges is here to stay as an all-star level competitor in the nba since you left the door open, obviously Miles Bridges is a great choice in silver linings, but I am going to go with LaMelo Ball. You heard the assist in that previous highlight. He finished with 11 assists, 10 rebounds, and of course 15 points. So obviously that is another triple-double for LaMelo Ball, his second of the season, his third career. Again, another cap tip to Hornets PR and Michael Martinez for getting me this stat, but LaMelo Ball is the second youngest player in NBA history to reach three triple doubles in his career. The only other player to do it, of course, was Luka Doncic not that long ago. He already ties Baron Davis for fourth most career triple doubles with the Hornets. And Sam, I'll put you on the spot. Can you give me the all-time franchise leader for triple doubles for Charlotte? Wow. Um, Larry Johnson on the list. Larry Johnson is on the list, but he is third with five. So he's tied for second, I should say. So family feud rules. I'm I'm at least uh, moving up the leaderboard. You are. You did not get an X. Let's go... Let's go Kemba Walker. Kemba only had two. So he's still on the list, I suppose. Anthony Mason. Nope, nope, I couldn't climb. Anthony Mason. Anthony Mason had seven triple doubles. He had four in the 1996-1997 season alone. So at the rate that LaMelo Ball is going, he could easily surpass that this season. Uh, Heck, he's almost averaging a triple double the way that the stats are looking so far this season. The one thing that if you wanted to nitpick from yesterday, Sam, is LaMelo did not shoot the ball extremely well. He was 5-18 from the floor, 3-7 from three. But, you know, obviously that's going to happen on some nights. He still finishes, obviously, with 15 points. But, Sam, I mean, night in and night out, 
out. It's almost like we're obviously expecting this from LaMelo Ball. It is exciting, though, when he gets his triple-double, even a double-double, so we get our half-off pizza here in the Charlotte area. But at any rate, LaMelo Ball just continues to impress. He, he certainly does, and he did have a tough night shooting the basketball. You know, His mid-range game, his floater game, is a big part of what makes him so special because he, he takes these floaters from the free-throw line extended and just drops them in so routinely we just come to expect them. And, and this was a night where that, that shot in particular was not there for him. He was 2 for 11 from inside the three-point arc. And that's just not going to get it done. And, and there were, you know, I'm sure some, some heavier legs than normal. But, you know, I think overall this is just another brilliant performance by a brilliant young star. And I have no doubt in my mind LaMelo Ball is going to rewrite the Hornets history books when it comes to triple-doubles, when it comes to assists. He is going to be all over that record book. He is a transformational player, and his impact on the roster is undeniable. I think this team is in the position it's in because of the – jump LaMelo Ball has made. And dare I say, if the Hornets are able to get close to the All-Star break in a top five position, I think with the kind of numbers he's putting up, LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges are likely to at least be in the conversation. One of them is definitely going to make it because there's no way the Hornets can finish top five and not get one or two onto an all-star team. Without a doubt, would definitely be an impressive feat. And of course, because I am hosting, I get to kind of do whatever I want to a certain extent. So of course, I am going to throw in a bonus silver lining. Mine is going to be Cody Martin. He just seems to be Mr. Consistent off the bench so far this season. 14 points last night, eight rebounds, some really good defensive play, six of 11 from the floor shooting. Again, another solid all-around performance from Cody Martin. He did pick up a couple of fouls early and he talked about just kind of what happened in general with the team last night and what went wrong in that 115 to 105 loss it's like we're kind of in gray area in terms of wanting to be aggressive not being aggressive we're aggressive and got called for some calls early so then we kind of like stopped being a little bit aggressive so i mean we're just trying to figure it out and definitely had some defensive laps in terms of rotations and the paint things like that but we ended up figuring it out throughout the game but you know they're a good team they end up having like a 10 point deficit trying to get over that hump but Seems like every time we did, we kind of gave the lead back. So, Sam, we talked about Miles Bridges obviously taking a monster leap. I think Cody Martin took a, not quite as big of a leap that Miles Bridges did this season, but when you take a look at the numbers, he definitely did take a jump just based on the improvement in three-point shooting, the consistency in the offensive end scoring, and the defense has stayed the same. I mean, his calling card the last couple of seasons that he has been in the NBA has been his defense, but now the offense is finally turning around. And with that said, what does that mean for this team to have somebody so consistent coming off the bench night in and night out. Well, it's huge because of the role he plays. He is not someone that, generally speaking, you went into last season thinking if he plays big minutes, you're going to get a lot of points at him. He's someone you thought if he gets big minutes, he can potentially slow down or shut down the best scorer on the other team. Now he's a contributor on top of that. So he's almost doing his job plus someone else's. Uh, and only occupying one spot on the floor. So, look, I thought he had a brilliant game. He is shooting the three-point shot uh, way, way better than anyone could have expected because he was about a 25 or so, blanking on the exact numbers. But last season, you know, he was under 30% from three, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, this season, he's up around, I don't know, 40 45%. Uh, he's really just had a tremendous, tremendous start to the season. Matched his career high last night for made threes in a game. Uh, it's only two. He doesn't get a ton of opportunities, but when he takes them, he makes them. Uh, if we're throwing out additional silver linings, I will give one 
to Kelly Oubre. He had a streak of six straight games with multiple made three snaps with an 0-7 for night from beyond the arc. And you might say, well, if that's the case, then why are you giving him a silver lining? It's because he's doing a good job finding other ways to be a contributor. I'm a big believer that, you know, while certain teams are shelling out major, major dollars to three-point specialists, and for good reason, the game is dictated quite a bit around the three-point shot. If they're off, some of these guys around the league, if they're off, they can't function, they can't contribute, they can't score really in too many other ways, and they become liabilities out there on the floor to the point that maybe they become unusable. That's not Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre, despite an 0-7 for night, still was able to get to the basket, had a big dunk in the first quarter. Uh, He was 4-7 of from the field. Quite frankly, I don't think the Hornets are in this game if they don't have Kelly Oubre coming off the bench and finding ways to contribute. And I think it's a mark of a really good player. We've seen this from Terry Rozier at times, from Gordon Hayward at times, Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball, Mason Fulmer, really up and down the roster. There have been nights where guys have not shot the ball well at all and are still one of the more impactful players in the game. And I thought last night, even though it's a loss, Kelly Oubre did not shoot the basketball well but they were not going to be in it without his performance. He found a way to get into the scorebook early and keep this team alive, and so I'll give him an additional silver lining. Once again, the Hornets fall 115-105 to 105 in Atlanta as the Hornets fall to 10-8 and eight on the season, but again, of course, only 18 games in, still plenty of basketball to be played, which will continue tomorrow in Washington, D.C. Hornets weren't the only basketball team in action within the 75-80 mile radius of Charlotte yesterday or over the weekend for that matter, as the Greensboro Swarm were in action as well at the Fieldhouse in Greensboro. We'll have a report on them next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Rob Longo and Sam Farber putting a button on this one today on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta and Sam. The Hornets obviously had a busy weekend with back-to-backs on Friday and Saturday. The Greensboro Swarm also had a back-to-back this weekend as well. It was a little bit easier for the Swarm considering that both games were at the Coliseum Fieldhouse up in Greensboro. Unfortunately, though, silver linings for Greensboro lost both games to the Lakeland Magic, the G League affiliate of the Orlando Magic. But there were definitely some silver lining performances to take a look at. James Booknight for the second night in a row dropped 27 points on Saturday, going 10 of 24 shooting, 2 of 9 from beyond the arc, so the three-point shooting still needs a little bit of work. He also had 8 rebounds and 5 assists as well in that one. And another assignment player, JT Thor, 16 points for JT last night to go along with 5 rebounds. Kai Jones only had 9 points in that loss yesterday as well. He only played 20 minutes, but he was efficient, 4 of 6 shooting from the floor. And Kai, you know, in my opinion, might be a little bit out of position as he is playing the center role there in Greensboro, maybe trying to get some work in as a potential future stretch five as we have learned James Borrego's system here and what he has tried to replicate here at the big league club. Maybe that's a role that Kai could fill in behind in the future like P.J. Washington has here the last couple of seasons for the Hornets as well. But at any rate, Sam, I mentioned this with Sam Purley the other night on the Hornets Hivecast 
as we were wrapping up a game against the Indiana Pacers is that the good thing about this winning streak and the Hornets finding an identity is because they're able to take these pieces that maybe they could have used, you know, a little bit sooner if the team was in a losing streak or just couldn't find any consistency. You know, obviously James Booknight was a lottery pick. You have a guy like Kai Jones who you traded back into the first round to get. You know, maybe you start thinking, okay, can these guys make an impact right away? But instead, the Hornets are able to stash these guys in Greensboro, give them some minutes, and give them some extended run to give them some seasoning to finally help out that big league club someday. So I just want to get your take on that entire situation. Well, yeah, you know, I think... It certainly has to be frustrating for the Greensboro team and their great coaching staff and the support crew there with the Swarm that the wins haven't come because they've been close several times. But you're right. This is a developmental process. In the case of James Booknight, I I think it's more to keep him in rhythm. The way that the season has started with players coming off the bench like Cody Martin and Jalen McDaniels playing too well to to deny them their role. It's limited opportunities for James Booknight. There's no question that they're going to come. So the Greensboro Swarm is a great chance for him to go out there, get a lot of minutes, get a lot of shots, score a lot of points, and just kind of keep his rhythm and keep his confidence for when that time comes. And it's going to come at some point, whether it's an injury, whatever the case may be, there is going to be a time where James Booknight number is called, and I'm sure he is going to be ready. With other guys, it is more about development. Kai Jones had a, a tough weekend. He fouled out of both games uh, in, I think, less than 22 minutes in both contests. There is no question he is one of the most talented players to come out of last year's draft. It's also fair to say that there is some work to do on his game. Kai Jones, I think, is going to get there, but it's going to be a developmental process. So these games are invaluable to him and his growth so that when the time comes, he's ready to step into that role. One other player I would throw in there, uh, and as someone who might have a chance to have an impact depending on how the season goes, and what the needs are for the Hornets, but uh, Arnoldus Koboka, you know, his stat lines are sneaky. And the big thing for me is when you look at his performances, he tends to be a positive and a plus minus. Last night, he was to the tune of a plus plus 13 in a game that the Swarm ended up losing by four points. He had a a solid night shooting the basketball. He picks his spots well. He's long. He gets rebounds. He's just a very, very smart player. And I think when you look inside the box scores, the fact of the matter is the Hornets are not going to necessarily need someone to come in and play 25 minutes and score 15 to 20 points in a night from the G League roster this year. It's unlikely. They're they're deep enough. They're probably not going to need that from someone outside maybe of James Booknight. But they could need someone who comes in and plays defense or comes in and gets rebounds or comes in and just continues to move the ball and swing things. And Arnoldus Kuboka is showing he can do that at Greensboro. I would not be shocked if he got a call up at some point this season, depending on injuries and whatnot, to do it for the Hornets as well. Sam, one more to get you out the door on. And, you know, from a personal experience for you, you spent a lot of time in minor league baseball and that kind of aspect. And I'm not trying to have you draw any comparisons or anything like that. But obviously the wins have not come for Greensboro. It's got to be frustrating. But, you know, at the end of the day, the wins aren't really what matters to an extent. Obviously you want to win, but this is all about development. And with you spending some time in minor league baseball, I'm sure it's the very same way. I mean, obviously the wins are nice, but at the same time you want those players to develop at their own pace so they can become as successful as possible so with that said how much of a psychological thing is that for the players where you know the wins aren't coming early I'm assuming it affects performance to a certain extent but I just wanted to see if you had any not quite experience but if you were able to kind of draw some comparisons to that aspect as well well I think in the NBA or in the G League 
model. It's all about the approach. If you're approaching this saying, look, if you go to a James Book and say, look, we need you to get some experience with the ball in your hands in last-second situations because we know that you're going to have those situations in the NBA one day, then it's all a positive. If something doesn't go right, you go and say, hey, why did you make this decision? Why did you take this shot? Why didn't you make this pass and just run through it? So he gets a better understanding. And that's not to say that, you know, that's why the team hasn't won games. I'm just saying you will get more experience. And that's the value of this is that you can put players who, if they were just thrown into the NBA roster, are not going to necessarily have the ball in their hands for a last second shot and say, this is your time to do it, to learn from experience. Um, and so that stuff is invaluable. I do think wins and losses matter uh, at the minor league level or the major league level from baseball and, and at the G League level or the NBA level for basketball. You, you can't learn to win by doing anything other than finding ways to do it. And this is a very hungry, competitive G League team. It's very young, but they've got some really talented guys there. So I think the wins are going to come. It's all a learning process. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, you know, winning, winning begets more winning. And I think when you look across the NBA and you see franchises that have been in the lottery for a long time and then expect someone to flip a switch just because they've accumulated enough lottery picks, well, if enough of them haven't experienced success and don't know how to find it, it can be a, an almost undiscoverable thing you're trying to obtain. So with Charlotte right now, the wins have been coming, this young team, to their credit, they have found ways to be a club that has exceeded expectations year after year. Based off the start they're off to this year, they're going to do it again. And I think in Greensboro, you've got a lot of young players who are learning how to win themselves. They've gotten very close the last couple of weekends. I'm, I'm agonizing over it because I know it's going to happen. I'm feeling for them because I know they want it. But hopefully that day is coming very soon. Greensboro will have a few days to get together and regroup before they head on the road for the first time this season. Next weekend, they will be in Texas to take on the Texas Legends that is in Frisco and then they'll continue south to take on the Austin Spurs before returning back to Greensboro Friday, December 10th. It's technically an away game. They'll be playing a two-game set against the Mexico City Capitanes, but with because of travel restrictions so far, Mexico City will be on the road going from town to town. So even though it's technically a road game, Greensboro will still be at the Fieldhouse, so you can check them out again Friday, December 10th, and Saturday, December 11th before they're home for several more games. With that said, that'll do it for today's edition of the HHC. Sam Farber, as always, it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you to steal a line from you. You stole my line, but it's a good one. My pleasure and privilege as well, Rob. We'll talk to you again soon. And thanks to all of you for joining us today on the Hornets Hivecast. Myself and Sam Perley will preview tomorrow's game against the Washington Wizards. We'll talk about some other topics as well. And, of course, you can get that wherever you listen to today's podcast, of course. So, with that said, for Sam Farber, I'm Rob Longo saying thank you for joining us today. And we'll catch you tomorrow right here on the HHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.